0: So at this time, I'd like to invite Pastor Joe up to the platform.
1: (laughs) Hallelujah. Huh? I know it's bright up here. Can you do something? I feel like Saul on the road to... uh... How are we doing tonight? All right, let's pray before we start. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come here tonight by faith in order to study about faith, Lord God. And we trust you, Holy Spirit, the teacher, to lead us and guide us into all truth tonight, Lord. Father, I pray that you'll use the questions, the observations, the comments tonight that will come from every single one of us, Lord God, that they will serve to just like you said in your word, that iron sharpens iron, Father God. And that we'll spark off of each other tonight, Lord God. And uh, Father, that you'll, you'll supply wisdom and understanding to each and every one of us tonight, Lord. And Father, I declare by faith that every one of us here tonight is good ground. So Lord, we, we open up our hearts to you, we open up our spirits to you, Father, that you would be able to deposit within us, Lord God, um, revelation knowledge tonight, Father, illumination into your word, Father God that it'll be literally the Holy Spirit ministering to each and every one of us right where we're at right now, God, and bringing us further in our studies of the Word. Father God, I just thank you so much for for bringing so many of us tonight together, that we'd be able to come together around your Word, Father God, and share this bread, the bread of life, the Word of God, uh, literally Jesus here tonight with us, present with us in your word. So thank you, Father, ahead of time for lives to be changed tonight. Father, for people to to gain wisdom and understanding, all of us together, Father, we're all learning here. We all are sitting at your feet tonight. And we just thank you, Father God, for the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. We thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit in this place. Thank you, Lord. We thank you that your anointing is already on your word, Father God, that as we share the word that it's going to produce not only faith in us, Father God, but bring life into us tonight. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that if there's anyone here that is not yet in relationship with you through the Lord Jesus Christ, that before we leave here tonight, Father, that they will, within them, even in, in, in their seats, Father, make a declaration of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ so that they can receive salvation, everlasting life, Father. That's what this is all about, Lord God. We trust you for for doing all this work. We thank you that you're perfecting the things that concern us. We thank you that your word has free course here tonight, Father. And the power of the word. The Apostle Paul said that the the word of God is the power of God unto salvation. And so thank you for this opportunity to share your word, to enjoy your word here tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Now, listen up. A couple of things I want to talk about before we get into this. Pastor Tom, uh, you, can, you can go to Romans. That's a good one. Romans 117. Listen, uh, I need your attention. I need your cooperation. It is extremely evident that the Spirit of God is moving in such a way. And it's not just happening here in New Beginnings. It's happening in any church that is welcoming the Holy Spirit any church that is, has based their, their doctrine on the Word of God is experiencing tremendous growth right now, Amen. okay? God is moving. God, this side gets it. God is moving. Amen. My wife says to me, she, she seems like you always go to that, seem like you always aim at this side of the room. I said, because they respond more. <laughs> this side of the room doesn't respond as much. I, know
0: I sat on this side.
1: So, so listen to me. We need your cooperation on the weekends. For the past number of weeks, honestly, since the beginning of the year, our services are packed. Yeah. Whether it's Saturday night, 9 o'clock service, but especially the 11 o'clock service. Yeah. If you are used to coming to the 11 o'clock service, uh, for weeks now we've had, I'm told, anywhere from, from 40 to 45 individuals that can't even get in this room AND THEY'RE HAVING TO SIT OUT in the, IN THE LOBBY AND NO SEATS THERE. AND THAT'S BETTER THAN NOTHING. BUT THERE'S ALSO PEOPLE THAT CAN'T EVEN GET IN THE PARKING LOT AND THEY TURN AROUND AND GO HOME. SO PLEASE, IF YOU COULD COME TO THE 9 O'CLOCK SERVICE, COME TO THE 9 O'CLOCK SERVICE. IF YOU COULD COME SATURDAY NIGHT, ALTHOUGH SATURDAY NIGHT'S PACKED, TOO. ALL THE SERVICES ARE PACKED. BUT HERE'S THE MOST IMPORTANT THING. NOW, WE HAVE ARRANGEMENTS WITH SOME OF THE OTHER PROPERTIES AROUND HERE. Um, the, THE PROPERTY ON THE CORNER HERE, WE PAY THEM TO USE THE PARKING LOT. SO WHEN YOU COME, IF YOU CAN, PARK IN THAT PARKING LOT WHERE THE KITCHEN, THE KITCHEN CABINET PLACE IS THERE, EITHER IN THE FRONT OR IN THE BACK, IN THE, in the, in the LOT BEHIND THE BUILDING. MAKE ROOM HERE. SEE, YOU KNOW WHERE TO GO. A NEWCOMER THAT'S COMING HERE, THEY DON'T KNOW TO GO TO THE OTHER PLACE. Yes. NOW, THE Capri BUILDING DOWN THE STREET HERE, THAT PARKING LOT IS ALSO AVAILABLE. Okay, if you can't, volunteers, please, please, automatically go park over there. Especially if you're going to be here for both services on a Sunday or even Saturday night. Okay, (laughs) we don't want to put any hindrances in the way of God sending any newcomer here that needs to hear the word. So please, please cooperate. Now, here's an even more important thing. Now I know you're here tonight. It's Wednesday night, but Friday night, this Friday night. Now, this will be the third or fourth prayer meeting? Third. Third. I haven't seen this type of prayer meeting since I first got saved. The anointing of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. You soon as you, you know, years ago, you used to have to sing three songs, four songs, cry a little bit, and then you would see the presence of God. (laughs) Now, listen to me. I'm not kidding you. You walk in this room, and it's like God's standing here going, you know, where you been? (laughs) He's literally, the presence of God literally shows up immediately. Please. I am, I'm convinced that the Holy Spirit impressed upon us. Now, we were really being led by the Holy Ghost when we established this monthly prayer meeting. Okay. It's extremely important that you come. And he's given us the opportunity to connect with uh, a woman who her, her reputation is just amazing. She is a powerful woman of God. She is somebody that God has connected her heart to this ministry from when I, before I even went to Bible school. Uh, Margie Florent, I'm going to say Margie Grotto because that was her maiden name before she got married. Her heart has been connected to this ministry. She prophesied stuff over this ministry when I was still just first attending Bible school. God gave her the name of this ministry, Supernatural, when I hadn't told anybody yet. And so, please come. It's very significant in the season that we're in right now that whenever we have the opportunity to come together and pray, please come. Say, well, I don't don't know. I don't know how to pray. Hey, I learned how to pray. I learned how to hear from the Holy Ghost. I learned how to flow in in the things of the Spirit by being in meetings with people who knew how to do that. There are some things you learn. There are some things that you catch. And it is extremely important right now. Listen to me. We're right on the edge. We're right on the very beginning stages of a massive, massive move of the Spirit all over this nation, and honestly, all over the world, and we're going to pray about that later. After we get done with this, we're going to spend some time praying for that, because we want, you you and I want the Holy Spirit to move across this nation. That's the only thing that's going to save people, okay? The political system's not going to change. But there is a system in the heavenlies that overrules all the political systems of man. Amen? Amen. And when he decides to supernaturally move, he doesn't care who's in the White House, who's president, who's king, who's premier, who's prime minister. He rules over the nations. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right, let's go. We're studying about faith tonight. Amen? Amen? Would you read that?
0: So, fa- faith is, yeah, we're going to start. Does
1: everybody have an outline? Yeah. Everybody have one. Who does not have one? A couple of hands back there, a couple of hands back there. Do we have any more? Yeah. All right, keep your hands up real quick while Pastor Tom's reading this opening statement.
0: So, the, um, th- this midweek lesson, we're going to be going through this, this topic outline is how to grow and develop your faith. Obviously, last few weeks we did. Um, love and forgiveness, but this is how to grow and develop your faith. So faith in the life of a believer is extremely important. It's vital, right? So faith is one of the most important things for a new believer to understand, but not just understand, but also develop. That's a key. We're going to grow in our faith. See, faith is often a subject of great misunderstandings. To some people, faith seems very ambiguous. Perhaps you've had questions about faith, I'm sure all of us have questions about faith, and tonight, guess what? You can ask, (laughs) because we're here to answer questions, right? Um, Comments also, if there's something on your heart, of course. Um, But maybe you've heard phrases like blind faith, or a leap of faith, or keep the faith. What is faith? Is it blind? Is it a leap? Can we keep it? Have you ever found yourself saying, I wish I had more faith? I'm sure we all have, right? But in this chapter, we're going to look at the subject of faith, and we're going to learn how to develop our faith. So the first thing we're talking about is living by faith. So in Romans 1:17, it says, For in it the righteousness of of God is revealed from what? Faith Faith Faith. to faith. it It is what written, that the just, which is us, shall live by faith. Amen? So faith, we're going to see is a lifestyle. Amen? So, Pastor, I'm going to... Yeah, it's interesting that... that,
1: Right, the Apostle Paul's quoting from the Old Testament. And altogether in the Bible, I believe there's four times, I think this is the fourth time that that phrase appears, the just shall live by faith. I believe, I think it's in the book of Habakkuk in the Old Testament that it says, God says, my just ones shall live by their faith. Are you getting this? He says, my just one shall live by their faith, okay, which tells us that we have a responsibility to develop faith. Now, God releases, uh, I believe it's in Romans chapter 10, I believe it is, that uh, it talks about the measure of faith that each one of us receive. Maybe we're going to go into that. I don't know. Uh, I believe that seed that he's talking about is, uh, can you guys in the back see us? or? All right, good. Because there's plenty of room if you want to move up, (laughs) move up more. Um, Faith is something that gets deposited in us. And I believe every one of us gets a a seed of faith or the seed of faith. It's not like, you know, Keith got one measure of faith and somebody else gets a different measure of faith. Because how do we know that? Because the character of God, he's not a respecter of persons. And so he gives it he starts us with a baseline. Do you ever go to a doctor and he tell you you want to go for all these tests, we want to get a baseline. Yeah. Okay, so baseline is this every single human that's ever been conceived receives the measure of faith, and that measure of faith is enough to get born again. Amen. Amen. Okay? He supplies that. That's why we're saved by grace, because it's not even something that we're working up. He gives us the ability to be able to believe him for salvation. We just get to cooperate, okay? But then beyond that, it's our individual responsibilities to build our faith. Amen? Amen. So the only way for us to build our faith is for us to make the word of God the basis of our belief system. You know, they use that word a lot lately around in our society, what's your belief system? Well, our belief system is this, that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus was born of a virgin. He came to this earth to reveal the Father. Okay, you remember Jesus said, if you see me, you see the Father. So he's come here to reveal the Father, and then ultimately go to the cross, pay the debt that we couldn't pay, raise from the dead, so that we can have everlasting life. That's the gospel. That's it right there. Okay, so that's our baseline. But how did we know these things? Faith comes by Hearing, 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 and hearing and the word hearing of God. God. Amen? Yeah. So now look at verse 15. We, we, Pastor Tom just read verse 17. Go back to verse 15. Well, we could even just go to verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. What is the gospel of Christ? The gospel of Christ is the word of God, yes? yes. The gospel of Christ is the word. Okay. For it, what is the it referred to? The gospel. The gospel. The gospel. For it is a what? the what? Right, The power of God for what? So, so here's the baseline. The word of God, we really revert to God. We, when the word of God is revealed to us, our spirit digests it. Because our spirits are dead before we get saved. Our spirit's so dry, it's so hungry for, for life, for God's kind of life, Zoe life, that as soon as it hears the word, it sucks it in. Amen. And then what gets produced? Faith. Amen. Faith is a matter of the heart. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. Are you seeing this? Yes. Okay. So, so Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it, the word of God, which, is, is, which reveals the gospel of Christ, is the power of God to salvation for everyone who what? Believes. So it's not enough to hear the word. Got to believe the word. It's not enough to hear the word. You got to believe the word. And that's what happens sometimes. That's why, you ever come across religious people? People have been raised up in in like denominational religion. They might know the Bible from front cover to back cover, but they never put any faith in it, so it would never produce life. So you got a robot that can quote scripture, but the spirits never come alive. Are you listening to me? It's important for us to believe what we hear. It's important for us. When the Holy Spirit reveals things to us, we need to believe it. Okay? Now, you may have had an experience like this. I'm I'm sure many of us did. Uh, I was raised Roman Catholic. Italian Roman Catholic. There's only one other group that's like that. It's Irish Catholics. Okay? Like the SWAT team of the Catholic Church. Okay? Now... We had the big St. Joseph, Joseph Bibles, on, and my mother had one. Big, of course, covered in plastic, just like the couch <laughs> and everything else. So I would open this book, and I would try to read it, and I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. What, what is this book about? But then I remember, right after I got born again, we were visiting my mom's, uh, over at my mom and dad's house, and that same Bible was there. And I noticed this time when I opened up the Bible, it was like, oh, my God. It was like an old friend now. It was talking to me. Why? Because I had come to the point of placing my faith in what this Bible said about the Lord Jesus Christ. So, you know, at the end of every service, or not only us, but, you know, many times on TV or listening, or if you listen to uh, a YouTube or something, somebody preaching, They'll make this invitation at the end. And we call it the sinner's prayer. But really what it really is is an opportunity to make a declaration about what you believe Amen. of what you just heard. Yes. You listening? Yes. So I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here, but I just want to go with it. How do you know somebody's in faith? How do we know somebody's in faith? There's evidence. You can see when somebody's in faith. Faith is released through words and actions. actions would you do that let's do that little exercise faith is released by words and actions not everybody's doing it faith is released by words and actions okay you remember the woman with the issue of blood she's bleeding for 12 years she's hemorrhaging for 12 years she's weak she, not only is she sick and weak she's broke because she spent everything she had on doctors and she not she didn't get better only got worse But then she heard about Jesus. What did she hear? He's raising the dead. He's healing the lepers. He's opening up blind eyes. Deaf people can hear. Uh, she, She heard these things. And what happened? It went in and got into her heart. And she believed what she heard. So she changed the way she began to speak. And she began to say within herself... If I could just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. Now, did she sit on the couch watching television saying, if I could just touch the hem of his garment? That was the beginning. But when did she get healed? When she sat in the house or when she, she went to where he was? So the evidence of her faith was her words and her actions. actions. Make sure that you're releasing your faith with words and actions. And so sometimes people say, well, why do I have to say that prayer? I already believe in my heart. But it says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, in fact, in the Gospel of John, I forget if it's chapter six, seven, someplace around there, it says that many of the Pharisees believed on him but would not confess him because they didn't want to lose their jobs. So even though they believed in their heart, It did not spring up and and produce salvation in them because they would not confess. What does confess mean? To say the same as. Confess. It's two words put together. To say the same as. And that's important for us to do. Amen? Amen? All right. So what's the next scripture? 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Let me ask you this question, and I want some engagement here. Why would it be dangerous to walk by sight? Because it changes so much. It's temporal, Temporal. it changes. What else? Hands up, microphone's out.
0: (laughs) She's like, she's got it, she's like, I got it. Um, I feel like the devil puts so many temptations and vices in front of you on a day-to-day basis. So if you're walking by sight, there's so much that can get in your way.
1: Yeah, that's good. Does anybody want to answer that? You're walking according to the world and what the world is showing you. Okay. So. There's still more. Perception. Perception.
0: You're going by your five senses. You're yeah, going by the word of God.
1: You're going you're by going your five to say, senses. You, you smell your touch, touch, smell. Economy, yeah, yeah, okay, there's more, there's more.
0: We all see different things, so we all experience different things. Where's that voice coming from?
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I couldn't, couldn't get it. Say that again?
0: We all interpret and see things differently,
1: so I Okay, you guys are thinking, you're thinking too deep here. Yeah. Things are not always how they appear. That's Absolutely, true. things are not always how they appear. So if I have a pain in my side, Am I going to pay attention to that? Now I'm going to. Yeah, I mean, if it if it persists, I'm going to want to go to doctors and find out what it is. And what if he gives me a really bad report? Should my faith be based on that, or should my faith be based on a higher truth? Now the truth the truth is, I may have that what the doctor says because he went to the you know he went to college for eight years to get to this place, so I can't dismiss that. But am I going to determine the rest of my life based on, ouch? or based on, by his stripes, I'm healed. Okay, so then what do I do then when I wake up tomorrow morning and the pain is still there? We're gonna use our authority. We're gonna decree the word of God over the pain. Who else here? We got multitudes. There's some weeks nobody wants to talk. Tonight, everybody wants to talk. I was just gonna say, you could probably be deceived by things you see also, like, for instance, watching the news on TV. Yes, definitely. How about, how about if you're praying for a loved one and it seems like they got worse after you started praying for them? Are you going to be moved by what you see or are you going to be moved by what you believe? Okay, so we see how important it is. Does somebody else over here want to say something? Okay. Okay, you guys, you can jump in whenever you want. So we see that it's important for us to take a stand on what we decree. What does it mean to decree? Claim, proclaim, proclaim declare. But I, I think decree has more of a, like a, an authoritative sound to it. Like a king decrees yes. a certain yeah, things. Now, we, we, none of us have probably lived under a monarchy here. Uh, you did. Okay. Well, limited monarchy. But when that monarch spoke things happen, yes? yes? No matter what any of the people underneath that monarch believe, when that monarch speaks, okay, things happen. Yes or no? Yes. yes. Jesus talked about this with the centurion. He said that the centurion said, I also am a man under authority. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and I say to this one, come, and he comes. He recognized that Jesus had authority over the sickness that was consuming his servant. And he understood how authority operates. So here's a man who had a servant who was very, very sick and a lot of pain, but he chose not to go by what the pain was speaking. And even looking at possibly this person in pain, he chose to walk by faith. And this guy wasn't even a Jew, he's a Roman. And he decided he's going to walk by faith, not by sight. And so he literally puts his job on the line, his reputation on the line, by calling on a Jew to come and heal this, this man's servant. And then when Jesus said, yeah, you don't have to come. Just speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. That's walking by faith and not by sight.
0: I just wanted to add something. We just, How many people are in believers' authority in Bible school? Well, we had just talked about the centurion servant, and the three things that we really saw in his life that were huge was um, we saw that, that he had humility, number one. You could see that in that, those scriptures, but you also see he understood authority. When you understand authority, you understand your rights in Christ. right? He understood authority. Obviously, like Pastor said, he wasn't a Jew, but he understood authority in his realm, but also Jesus, what did he say? Never seen such great faith, even in Israel. So when you see that those three things operating, he had that 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 faith, great faith. He had the humility, and he understood authority. And when you look at the the scripture, I believe it's in Luke four, where um, the Simon Peter's mother-in-law was sick with a great high fever. She actually had a high fever that was gripping her, and perplexed her. And it says they went to get Jesus. Right, so. So follow the, she, Simon's, when, when Jesus came, she had a great high fever. It wasn't just a little fever to the point, you ever have, like when people were getting sick and they were getting dizzy, like almost like hallucinating from fever. It was a great high fever like that. If you look it up in the Greek and it says they went to get Jesus, but, but if you look at that, where they requested of Jesus, when you look that up in the Greek, it was like a king who went to another king of a, of a like they were friends, Right. And he went to another king to do something. So that word actually speaks of authority when you read it in the Greek. They didn't just like, oh, get Jesus. They went to get Jesus as pastor speaking, understanding authority. Let me go as if I, if I was a king and I had a friend that's a king and now we're gonna do something. And then Jesus, he spoke with authority over that fever. He, what did he know? He spoke and he actually spoke with weight over that fever and reprimanded that fever and commanded it to go. And it says that the fever left her. But that whole scripture speaks of exactly what we're talking about, of speaking the word of God and speaking with authority, like the, the, um, you know, the centurion servant was asking Jesus to say the word only. Amen. Amen?
1: But he could speak the word with authority because he had authority. Amen. The centurion understood that. He understood. He said, I am a man of authority also. Mm-hmm. Most Christians, unfortunately, don't understand... Yeah that we have authority Amen. and we pray at times when we should be declaring Amen. you, you know we can stir up a lot here tonight yeah. <laughs> Jesus never told us to pray for the sick he told us to heal the sick yeah. what are you going to do with that one? Yet we come up, you know, and people want 15-minute prayer sessions. That's why I'll say to people sometimes, I don't come up here thinking it's going to be a counseling session for 20 minutes. The Bible says to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Not lay hands on the sick and spend 20 minutes praying, singing in the spirit, uh, all these, don't, just lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's the point of contact. Now, you can't do that if you don't have authority, and we've been given authority. Can anybody tell me in the Word where it tells us that we've been given authority?
0: Matthew. Oh. In Matthew, it says, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given
1: to me. Yuga. You go. Okay, where did he tell us that we would have authority to lay hands on the sick? Mark where? 15? 16. All right, somebody go to Mark 16, the end of the chapter, and read it. Yeah, because, we, you know, we go to church sometimes and we just, oh, this is what they do. That's one of those churches where they put your hand, their hands on you. And most people don't even know why we do that, and that's why almost every time that somebody comes up for prayer, I will say, Father, according to your word, you gave us instruction and gave us commandment to lay hands on the sick and they recover. In accordance with your word, in obedience to your word, I lay my hands on so-and-so, and I command healing to come. Amen. Amen. We have authority for that. Yeah. I said we have authority for that. Yeah. Now, while you're looking for that, I'm going to look for something else here because I think it might be we worth... It. We got it, Mark 16, the uh, B part of that says very plainly, they will lay hands on the sick and they will be covered. They will. They will be covered. They will. Who's the they? The sick. Now, who's the ones, who's the they that are laying hands on people?
0: We are. We are. We the Believers. Yes.
1: Hallelujah. Man, these lights up here are ridiculous. I'm looking for a certain scripture here. Somebody moved it on me. i
0: mm-hmm. see Any questions while pastors looking for that? Again, we wanna we're opening this up for questions or comments anymore?
1: All right, never mind. All right. I'm looking for the the, the incident that was in the Book of Acts, and you know everybody expects a pastor to have the whole Bible memorized.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm looking for the Seven Skeva boys, the sons of Skeva. I thought it was Acts 19. It is right? 11. Through 20. All right. Acts 19. We're talking about Jesus could speak with authority because he had authority. Paul could speak with authority because he had authority. You and I can speak with authority because we have authority, but when we don't have authority, what was it? Verse 11?
0: Yeah:
1: 14. Okay, yeah. Acts 19:14. And there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who, who did so. What's he talking about here? Uh, he's talking about, yeah, it starts in verse 13. And some itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord, Jesus, over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you. In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. So it wasn't even a first-hand relationship. Whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish high priest, who did so. In other words, these were people that went around making their living by supposedly casting out evil spirits. There's only one problem. They don't have the authority. And so, verse 15 And so they they obviously were were trying to do this with somebody. And verse 15 says, And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? (laughs) Love that story. (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) Then a man in whom the evil spirit was leapt on them, leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Now, how come Paul was successful, Jesus was successful, but these seven Jewish guys were unsuccessful? What did they not have? They didn't have authority because they didn't have... You're going too far into it. They didn't have authority because they did not have a relationship with Jesus. They're saying, hey, we want you to leave this person in the name of that guy over there. You know. You know that guy? They didn't have a relationship with Jesus. They were not born again. They didn't have the Holy Spirit residing in them. They're trying to work this thing out based on religion, not based on relationship. It doesn't work doesn't work amen? amen we can speak in authority because we have authority. Authority. authority would you turn to somebody say this if you're a believer, if you're a believer you have the authority, have the authority. <laughs> i'll never forget the first time i laid hands on somebody and it actually worked They actually got healed. Better than that, they fell out in the spirit. I went, whoa. This is like the big shots do on TV. And you step back and you go, oh, wow. This stuff is real. And Jesus said to the church, some of the last things he said before he left the earth, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, we don't have faith in ourselves. We have faith in him. But we have faith in him through his word. He told us to do that. So the power is not in us. The power is in him through us. Because on our own, you couldn't get a flea healed. So let's get back to faith. Did we go to Second Corinthians 5, 7? Yeah, we did. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. The classic faith scripture. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So there's two realms here that we're talking about in the scripture. There's faith, and then there's hope. Hope is good, but hope doesn't get anything done. Hope is a transition. We go from desperately helpless. We hear that, that woman with the issue of blood. Can picture how, how it went. She was desperate without hope. Spent everything. How do we know? How do we know she's desperate? Because she spent everything she had. And she still, in fact, she got worse. And so she heard something about this Jesus. And what did it inspire in her? No. Hope. Hope is supposed to lead to faith. Now, hope, you can have hope without the word of God. I remember many years ago when I was in business, a woman came in and I knew her. Uh, She was a steady customer of ours. And all of a sudden, one day, she came in, and I hadn't seen her for many months, and she came in, and I saw that she's not the same person she used to be. And I knew she was a Christian. And I I asked her, I said, "Um, are you okay? Well, I was in a very bad car accident, almost died, was in the hospital for many months. And I knew on the inside, my spirit on the inside, going, hey, lay hands on this person, pray for her, pray for her, pray for her. And I said to her, I don't remember her name now, but I said to her, would you allow me Of course, there was other people around. I'm not like just one-on-one with another woman and just, you know, I'm going to lay hands on somebody. I had some of my workers around and I asked them to please, you know, come around because, you know, you don't put yourself in that position. Amen. 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 So I said, would you allow me to lay hands on you according to the word of God so that you could be healed? I said, do you believe if I lay hands on you according to what it says in the scripture, you'll be healed? I hope so. And I went, oh, Jesus. So now I've got to, have got to, and again, please don't, I'm, I'm not talking from a condescending attitude, but I realized at that point, okay, she's not going to receive anything if I pray for her at this point. Okay, but almost easier if she wasn't a Christian. You notice everybody that Jesus prayed for wasn't a Christian. And it's almost easier because now you can get it done with your faith. But when you have somebody who's already a Christian, you're dealing with somebody whose spirit's alive already, and now it's the soul that's getting in the way for them to receive anything. Yeah. So how do we change the position of an individual in their soul of what they believe? How does faith come? By hearing, By hearing what? The word so I began to talk to her about the word of God, about how Jesus himself said that we could lay hands on the sick and then recover. After I shared some of the scriptures, what was I trying to do? I'm trying to get her to go from hope to faith, faith, because faith is what gets the results, not hope. Hope puts you on the path. Amen? Amen. So if there's somebody in your life that's in a bad situation and and they're hopeless, inspire them so that they can have hope that possibly something's going to happen. Then when you recognize, okay, they're in hope, now bring them the rest of the way and then close the deal. Establish faith in their heart. Amen. Amen? Amen? Remember what Paul said? Romans chapter 1, verse 15. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. Okay? Don? Hold on, the mic's coming. I heard this uh, like yesterday or the day before, or whatever. And I seen Put it. the mic up. Okay. Uh, faith is determination, it is a fight, a commitment. It is strong, it breathes, it lives, and stretches. That's why it's called the good fight. Right. It's a good fight of faith. Amen. So where were we? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is. You notice that? Now. What's the first word? Now. Right now faith is. Now faith is. The substance of things hoped for. So the hoped is in the past, right? Hoped. Hoped. So the statement is telling us that now, now, now you're at the place where you had hope, but now you will hope to develop into faith. faith, and now faith is the evidence of things not seen. Okay? It's your faith that causes you to see something that doesn't happen yet. Your faith. Your faith. Not my faith. My faith carries me. Your faith carries you. Amen. Amen? Who's responsible for developing this faith? We are. Are you responsible for my faith? No. No. You're responsible for your faith. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now faith is a substance. Somebody wants to say something? Go oh, ahead. I, ju- I just have a question. Um, what if you're praying for healing or you want to lay hands on someone who is a Christian, but
0: now they have dementia and... Uh, Well, you minister to their
1: spirit. Their spirit doesn't have dementia. Yeah, that's a really good question. We get that question a lot. Like, I've gone to, on a couple of occasions, I can remember times of going to a hospital to pray for somebody who was in a coma. I'm not praying to their body. I've told this story over the years, many, many years ago. In fact, it would have been 1987. A very close family friend someone who my wife grew up with, they lived around the corner from each other, you know, since childhood, they called each other cousins, even though there was no blood relation. Um, uh, This young man had juvenile diabetes from the time he was a little kid. And by the time now, by this point, he's in his mid-30s, and so his body had been severely damaged by the diabetes. And so, uh, in fact, it was Easter Sunday when they did the surgery on him to give him a kidney transplant because his kidneys were shot. And so... uh, a few days later, his body began to reject the transplant. And so we got information. In fact, we had just moved to Seaside Park at that point. We had literally just moved a few weeks before that. And in the middle of boxes all over the place, and I, I said to Barbara, I said, we, we need to. he was up in Beth Israel up in, uh, in Newark. Um, and so we went to the, to the hospital to see him. And by this point, he was in a coma. Now, we had, we had witness to, to this young man I think his name was Billy. I'm trying to think now. Yeah, it was Billy. And um, he's in a coma. And we didn't really realize it at the time, but at this point, some of you might remember back in the 80s, uh, people were, were contracting AIDS through blood transfusions. And we walked in the room, and I looked at him, and I went, oh, my God, this, this, this isn't the kidney. He had blood coming out of his ears, blood coming out of his eyes. Uh, out of his nose and he's just laying there and um, the first thing we had to do when we walked in I'll, I'll make this quick first thing we had to do when we walked in as soon as I walked in the room I, I said to my wife there's some kind of witchcraft or something going on in here and then the nurse walked in and she I could tell her immediately from the accent and stuff she came from a culture that practices heavily heavily practices voodoo so the first thing we had to do was pray that God would get her out of the room And we did, and she did, and so now it's it's just my wife and I and Billy laying there, and uh, I said I spoke to him. I said, Well, you speaking to him?" He's in a coma. I'm talking to his spirit. Amen. I said, "Billy, you've heard us talk about the Lord Jesus." I said, "Billy, um, I'm speaking to you, to your spirit," and gave him a very short gospel thing, and I said, "Billy, Barbara and I are going to pray. I want you to pray." from the inside. I know you can't respond to me right now, but I want you to pray. He's, he's just laying there, uh, just in, out of it, just in a coma. We prayed, and as soon as it got to the point where he said, I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord, his eyes cleared up and just looked at us. Amen. And as soon as it was done, that prayer, he went right back into that. The glaze came back over his eyes. And three days later, he passed away. But watch this now. The important thing was, When you're ministering to somebody who their physical body is incapable of responding, you're not ministering to the physical body. You're ministering to the spirit. When you witness to someone and they say the prayer to receive Jesus, their body's not receiving Christ. Their spirit is receiving Christ. Remember, it's spirit to spirit. When you got born again, what part of you got saved? Your spirit. So don't ever be afraid to pray for somebody who, uh, I mean, uh, you've heard me tell the story about Barbara's mom when she passed away three, three years ago, four years ago. She was in a coma. I sense in my spirit, there's my wife, myself, and, my, and her brother in the room, and their mom is laying there out of it, just in a coma. And I said to the two of them, I said, I, have a, I just have this strong sense that She's fearful. And that's what's stopping her from from just letting go and just going on to be with Jesus. We knew she was born again. There was no no doubt about that. As soon as we took authority over that spirit of fear, that spirit that was bringing fear, okay, the most remarkable thing, peace came into that room, and within 10 minutes, she sat straight up and went like this. Two times. And we, oh, my God, you just had the chills just watching this. And then she went back, and about 20 minutes later... She took off and went home. We're ministering to people's spirits. Pastor Beth, did you want to share something? Okay. So do we understand that? When you're ministering, look, how about minister to somebody that's completely out of their minds? Oh, pastor, they'll never listen. No, they're out of their mind. You're not ministering to their mind. You're ministering to their spirit. You listening? Did that answer it for you? Okay. Does anybody else have a question before we jump into the next scripture? Because we, we only got like eight minutes or nine minutes left. You have
0: something?
1: I know. Anybody else? All right, let's go to the, to the next scripture. Where is it?
0: You know, I actually, don't want to share something. With the next go ahead. I, I just want, the pastor said something that I think is really key. And I just, um, he said they had authority because they had a relationship with Jesus Christ, right? And we all, everybody in here, Um, has a relationship with Jesus Christ, and if you don't, obviously, by the end of the night, you can. We'll give you that opportunity, but I just want to say this. Pastor Cap did a teaching on faith at one point. He said, you know, when you know the promiser and you know the integrity of the promiser, it's so much easier to have faith, right? You got to know the promises, but you got to know the promiser, so I just want to encourage us to just understand that we have a father in heaven who loves us and it says that faith is energized it by works love. by love and it actually has a connotation of like um uh, a, a electricity something that just ener- energizes a wire and springs to a light bulb so it gives a picture of of, of your love just energizing your faith. It says that faith expressing itself that's through, through love. So we have to understand this. Faith working by love. That, that it says without faith, it's impossible Galatians. to please him. That anyone who comes to him must what? Believe that he is, right? He is, but it, let's take it a little further. He is who he says he is and we know that's true and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we have to understand that that we have to put our, we're putting our faith also in the promises, but also but in the promiser, knowing the integrity. But listen to the scripture. I whenever I pray for somebody, I always really stand on this scripture lately. I take out my Bible and say, like, okay, we're gonna pray for healing. We're gonna take out a couple of scriptures, but let's start here. And I get out the Bible, and this is what I, I've been doing. It's just been something I've been doing lately. It's a staple scripture. And I said, I read this scripture, Mark eleven, twenty through twenty-four. It says now in the morning as they pass by they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, and Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you curse has withered away. So Jesus answered them and said, What? Have faith in God. Who? God, the promiser, the loving father, the one who has the ability and the desire to do it, not just for somebody else, but for you and for me. And then it says this Jesus answered, then it says, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed. And be thou cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. What did pastor say? Does not doubt in his heart. It's heart. It's a matter of the heart. But believes that those things he says will be be done. He will have whatsoever he what? Says, listen to this. Therefore, I say to you, everything you ask when you pray, believe, right? Pastor was talking about it's the heart. You believe with the heart. Believe that you receive them and you will
1: have them. Amen? That's all I have to say on that. Galatians 5 what? Six. Six. Yeah. So, so Paul writes this letter to the region of Galatia, which is in modern-day Turkey, to a bunch of churches that he established. and in, in this particular area, there was a lot of Jewish transplants that came from, obviously, from the Holy Land, uh, what we would call today the nation of Israel, and had immigrated to different parts of the Roman Empire. In this particular area, Galatia, there's a heavy population of Jews. And, uh, well, uh, every place where Paul went, there were Jewish people because the first place he would always go to preach was where? The synagogue. synagogue. Okay. So um, these people in Galatia, they got saved. And that was a pattern in Paul's ministry. He would go to a town. Everybody wanted to get saved. They're very excited. And then a week or two later, they'd start, like, reasoning in their minds and starting to backtrack. on on the decision that they made to follow Christ as Messiah. And that's what happened to the people in the Galatian region. So he writes a letter to them, okay? In fact, every one of the letters that Paul wrote is because somebody had a problem. So the letters were to address the issues. So the people in Galatia started to develop their own philosophy in that, well, yeah, Jesus is the Messiah, and we do need to receive him as Lord, he is our, our Savior. But a person has to get circumcised first, and then they can come to Christ. Uh, which, you know, if you're a Jewish person and for thousands of years that was the mark of you belonging to the covenant, it's natural that you would come to this conclusion. But Christ came to fulfill those things, not to continue those. And so um, something hit me when you just, we were just talking about this, about faith energized by love. So he gets to the place and says to him, Look, are you going to stop all these fleshly works? That you have to do this, you can't eat this, you can't walk this far on a Saturday, uh, you can't wear these kind of clothes. You, you know, you're celebrating the full moon, the half moon, the no moon. He said, just stop doing all this stuff because all that's necessary right now is having faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So listen, listen to this statement that he makes here, Galatians chapter five, verse six: For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. Faith working through love. I've never made this connection before until you just said this. Did you read that statement someplace about faith being uh, energized? Yeah,
0: it's in the, that's how it's read in the Greek. It, it means like an electrical current energizing a wire bringing it to a light bulb. That's your
1: faith. Energizing. Faith working by love. Whose love? So is he telling us here that even his faith works because of who he is? So, not only is he love, but he's also the originator of faith. faith. <clears throat> By faith, God framed the universe. By faith, God spoke things into existence. By faith, God said, Let there be light. By faith, God created, because he's love. So is it possible that some, maybe we're not getting answers to prayers because we're not walking in love? And that it's actually more important to walk in his nature than to try to work up faith? That if we walk in his nature, faith is going to automatically work? Is that possible? I saw somebody post something on Facebook in the last few days. And other people have been sharing it. If you seek revival... How did it go? If you seek revival you'll get what? Performance. 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 But if you seek Jesus, you'll get revival. Is it possible that we could change that around a little bit? If we seek faith alone, we're only going to get human results. But if we'll walk in love, then our faith will work. Do you ever notice sometimes that you can get results in your own life or even somebody else's life, just by allowing the compassion of God to rise up in you. Is it possible that the reason why we're not told to, necessarily in in, in the instructions that Jesus gave us, he just told us to lay hands on the sick? Because if we did that, allowing the compassion of God and love of God to move in our hearts towards a person who's sick, towards a person who's suffered some type of tragedy, that just the contact is enough to get results because it's an extension of God's love through us. Uh, I think we stumbled on something.
0: You know, and, and just, and just you, you hit on something that really st- stirred something in me. If, how many people here sometimes say, oh, just be honest, I wish I heard from God, I wish I was more sensitive, right? At different times. Yeah. We've said that, right? No, I, wish but I but could just hear one from person God. back there, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could hear from God. You said this. I wish I could hear like from God like them. I'm going to tell you this. I believe this with all my heart, and you can see scriptures. It says in Philippians 1.10, it says, let um, your love abound more and more in knowledge of depth of insight. Then it goes on talking about, and you'll be able to discern or distinguish between good and evil. There's different translations. And then you'll be without offense until the day of Christ. So that's paraphrasing it. But the bottom line is this. There is a, du- a direct a direct correlation between how much you walk in love and, and, and how you see things and how you perceive things. So what i why am I saying that? Because of this, if we could learn how to walk in love, you would, you, you're gonna realize how accurate you will be in the spirit with people because the compassionate God will move on you. And when it says Jesus was moved with compassion, right? But if you look at that in all different gospels, it, he, he did a different thing. One time it says he was moved, and then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Another time he was moved with the compassion, it says he began to teach. Another time he was moved, he began to heal. Another time he fed. So you see all these different things that he did when he was moved with compassion. So when we're filled with the love of God, to, to put it in a practical sense, if I'm in the store and the love of God just comes upon me, like how many people this has happened to you? Pay for that person's groceries, right? I remember I was in the store, and there was this little kid, who who his mom couldn't afford the shirt, and I bought. And I said, no, that wasn't for me. That was from the Lord. But it was such a blessing. But that was God. It was the compassion of God. And then you do something for somebody, and it's accurate. You does that make sense, or you, yes. p- Pastor? Am I making sense? Absolutely. So when you're filled with the love of God and you're walking in compassion, you are going to be much more accurate in your walk with God. Your faith is going to be stronger. Why? Because you're doing out of heart of compassion and love Amen. never fails. Amen. The love of God never fails. And when we walk in His love, things become so much easier. Amen? I can
1: prove this. Do you want to give me like three or four more minutes? All right. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. i not going to do a whole teaching. I just want to point something out and then we're going to stop for tonight. Did you learn anything tonight? Yes. Has it been a blessing? All right, so when a person receives the Holy Spirit, and especially it seems like it becomes, I hate to use the word, I don't want to use the word activate because that word is being used by too many new age groups now. Um, It seems like when a person receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the entrance into The miraculous. It's the entrance into uh, what the Bible talks about as the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation. So, in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, Paul is teaching the Corinthian people who had stumbled upon the gifts of the Spirit but didn't understand exactly what they were experiencing. And so, in chapter 12, he teaches them about all the different manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Anybody know how many there are? Nine. Nine, Okay. And I'm not going to read through all of them, but they're they're miraculous. They're miraculous. There's there's the ability to know something that happened in the past so that you can help somebody to receive healing. There's the ability to know what's gonna happen in the future in somebody's life. There's the ability to see into the spirit so that you're discerning, am I dealing with an evil spirit here? But it's also the ability to look into, see into the spirit, to see the angelic realm. There's miracles of healings, uh, special faith, uh, the power that takes to raise people from the dead is all in there. And Paul's teaching extensively in chapter twelve. Now, what's First Corinthians chapter thirteen known for? The love. What do we call it? The love. love. Every wedding you go to, you're going to have to sit there and listen to. Love is patient. (laughs) Love is kind. That's chapter 13. Now, when you get to chapter 14, he continues in-depth teaching about, especially about the gift of tongues, speaking in tongues. But notice what he sandwiches in between 12 and 14. Love. Now, when I got first saved, I got saved in a church that was very, 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 very hungry, For the gifts, the gifts, the gifts, the gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, interpretation of tongues. We wanted to raise the dead. We wanted to do it. We wanted to part the Atlantic Ocean. We wanted to do everything. But I noticed that some of us did not walk in love. Amen. And we saw very few of those gifts, if anything, operate. Fast forward 11 years. I go to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Pastor Cap, Pastor Pam are with us. Of course, none of us were pastors then, my wife and I. And we go to a church service in another church, not in our Bible school. It's on a Sunday night. And the pastor is sitting on the platform. Praise and worship was going on. and, And there was a lull in the praise and worship. You know how it happens sometimes in between songs or something. And you just knew something was coming. And we're sitting there, the four of us. And all of a sudden, somebody on the other side of the room let's loose a message in other tongues, unknown tongues. And then somebody gets up and interprets what this person says. Not translates, interprets. And then when they stopped, a gentleman, uh, you could tell he came from Africa from his accent and stuff, gets up and begins to make this declaration about the blood of Egypt. You remember, Cap? You have been purchased, you have been purchased uh, well, I was by that. the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're sitting there, and it went three or four people, and I said to them, you can tell that there's love in this church because no one is afraid to step out, that God forbid they should make a mistake that they're gonna get criticized. And I said to them, we need to nurture that. When we start our church, we need to nurture that, that atmosphere of love, because that's what will hold back people from stepping out and you may have come to a service here and you may have thought, man, I, I, I feel like I need to say something or share something, Or especially when you're in that atmosphere during worship and, and, and maybe some, some people might not step out because they're afraid, well, what if I make a mistake? I'm going to get criticized. But if we'll walk in love with each other, that gives us the freedom to step out because that's how you develop in these things. Now, years ago, when we first started the church, the Holy Spirit would speak stuff to me, and I'd go, what if I'm wrong? That happened the second service that we ever had. Pastor Cap's on the platform. He's leading worship. Did you guys know he knows how to sing? Yeah. Maybe enough of you, we get on him.
0: Yeah. He also now has, knows how to run and sing. He knows how to run and jump Spanish. off the platform
1: and dance and everything else. So second, <laughs> second service. I'll tell you this story, and then we'll go. But what are we talking about? We're talking about faith and love. They both work together. Love will give you the okay to step out and do something because you know you're not going to get judged. Okay, so we're in this service. I'm standing in the front with my suit, tie, the whole bit back then. You know, that's how we dress. And I got my hands up. The second service now, church is only two weeks old. And I hear on the inside, as we're in worship, pinched nerve. I went, oh, Jesus, please don't do this to me. <laughs> because if I get this wrong, the church will cease to exist after today. If I get this wrong. And so I may believe I didn't hear anything. You wouldn't have known anything if you saw me. I'm like... <laughs> but inside... And so I hear it again. Pinch nerve, left side. Now I feel this electricity coming up my legs. I mean literally tingling electricity coming up my legs. And I'm still not gonna move, because I'm like, if I get this wrong, whatever 50, 60 people that are here today, they'll never come back again. So now, now it's coming up to my, to my belly, my stomach, and I'm going, oh my God, if I don't do something, if this hits my heart, it's gonna be an Ananias and Sapphira <laughs> service here today. And I hear, pinched nerve, left side, and it's a woman. We had never done this before. The church is only two weeks old. I had not really seen that ever happen in a church service, at least in New Jersey. And so I signaled to him to stop the worship, and he's like, of course, this never happened before. We're like, I don't know what to do, but I know if I don't do this, I don't know what's going to happen here. So then I, then I thought to myself, well, you know what? God loved me enough to call me to do this. If I get it wrong, I get it wrong. But I'm having a heart attack up here on the second service. <laughs> so I stopped, and, and I went up front, and I gave this word. And two women came up, both with pinched nerves on the left side. Both got instantly healed. Well, we found out later on, and this was the beginning of a relationship that started between Pastor Cap as worship leader and myself as a pastor. He was interceding for me up on the platform, and his prayer was, oh, God, if there's nobody here with a pinched nerve, give them one. <laughs> so that he doesn't look like a fool today.
0: Hey, your faith worked that day, Pastor His faith <laughs>
1: worked. <laughs> Listen, we need to nurture and cultivate and establish a culture of unconditional love. Otherwise, we become stuck in religion. Love gives you the okay to move forward on something that you're not certain of. You listening? Did you want to say something, Barb? Microphone.
0: Uh, a quickly. Just
1: <laughs> Very quickly. When I learned about the gifts, I went to Bible school. I, I graduated in January. And I was so concerned that I wasn't speaking in the spirit. I polled everybody in the class, do you speak in the spirit? How long did it take you? I was so obsessed. I went to Pastor Jerry. We had a long talk. And I kind of just let it go for a while. Last week, we were praying for revival, and you asked us all to speak in tongues, and I'm not speaking in tongues. And you said, if someone who has the gift would lay their hand on those that don't, and one of my classmates put their hand on my back, and I am now speaking in <laughs> spirit. <laughs> I was so afraid to you're tell anybody. You're this. the first person that, 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 they're the fourth report that yeah. we're hearing in the past couple of weeks. That in that atmosphere, when we're praying in the Spirit, and those who do haven't received that, you need to pray. Let me tell you something, okay? You need to pray in the Spirit even more than you pray in your natural language. Because there's so much going around us that's going to try to get our attention and distract us. But listen, you can never pray a prayer outside of the will of God when you pray in the Spirit. Because you are praying, you are allowing the Holy Spirit to use your spirit... To pray through Amen. something that's on the heart of God. You can't make a mistake praying in the Spirit. But praying in our own language, in our natural language, and with our own mind, and trying to figure things out, we operate more under the gift of suspicion than we operate under the gifts of the Spirit. Yes. We used to start suspecting that something's wrong in somebody's life, or and you start praying in the natural, and you're not getting anywhere. Pray in the Spirit. Amen? Does anybody else have anything to share real quickly, or we're going to... That's it. Are you glad you came tonight? Okay. Are any of you? Listen to me. Okay, listen. Uh, If you need to leave, you're free to leave. But if anybody's able to stay for the next 17 minutes, okay, would you please come up front and let's pray the will of God. Let's pray in the spirit. Let's pray for God to continue moving across this nation. Let's pray for our region here. We need we need this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. How, uh, uh, how many of you are aware of what's going on across the co- country? Okay. Okay. How many of you don't know what I'm talking about? Be honest so I know what to talk about here. Just, where was the rest of you? You, you? How many of you don't really understand what I'm talking about and not aware of what's been happening across the nation? Let me see your hands. Okay. How many are aware? Okay. There is a move of God that's... listen to me. An article just came out today. Um, Some of you sent it to me. Pastor Beth, I don't know if you sent it. No, Pastor Joy sent it to me, but he's not here tonight. Um, How many of you know who Mario Marillo is? For those of you who don't, I command you in the name of Jesus. (laughs) When you go home tonight, go on YouTube and pull up Mario Marillo. Just like it says, Mario Murillo, Not with an O, with a U. -U M-U-R-I-L-L-O. Okay? And he's been used of God since the 70s to really stir up revival and to really... I mean, he goes to places and not two or three people get saved. Hundreds of people get born again. He's an evangelist slash prophet, okay? I said to my wife, Oh, my God, how did I not make this connection today? Now, how many of you know in Asbury uh, Seminary in Kentucky... God poured his spirit out. Let me say, And it happened what? Two and a half, three weeks ago? Yeah. But you know when the outpouring really started? January the 2nd. What happened on January the 2nd in Buffalo, New York? At a football game? Oh, right. oh, yeah. What happened? Oh, the young man, 24-year-old, what's his name? DeMar? Hamler. What is it? DeMar Hamler. Hamlin, what happened to him? He got in a heart attack, cardiac, went into cardiac arrest. What happened in that stadium? Hundreds and hundreds of people began to pray. Millions of people all over the country began to pray. People on ESPN were talking. The young man prayed for him on international television. Within moments. God raised up millions of people to cry out to him on behalf of this young man. That's when the outpouring started. I am not content to sit by and just let it happen every place else. No, in the name of Jesus, the sparks have started here. And it's going to continue here. And it's going to spread across this entire region. And we know there's other churches in the area that are experiencing too. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. But it's going to come by prayer. Amen. Now, we're not going to, we're not going to, it's not that we earn it. It's just that God needs a voice on the earth to speak forth his will. Amen. And he uses his people to speak these things. Amen. Amen. If stand up if you need to leave go if you can stay stay come up here